Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Thanks again for tuning in to the Growing in Grace podcast. Joel Brzezinski with Mike Kapler. The Growing in Grace podcast available every week. New episodes every week at growingingrace.org. Of course, you can also, and I know um, I don't need to mention this for a lot of people because you just do it automatically because you know, you're in the know, but you just find it on your favorite podcasting app, whatever you use, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, all these different apps, all of these different ways that you can listen to the podcast. Just search for us there. I have searched for us. There are other podcasts called Growing in Grace, so just make sure you find the one with Mike and Joel, and that is, that's us. Maybe you're there right now, so thanks again for uh, listening. Did you say that you searched for us? Well, I searched for Growing in Grace, and I found oh, okay. other podcasts <laughs> with the same name. I mean, there, there's times I feel a little lost, and I, oh. <laughs> I need to search for myself, too. I know. I need to find myself. So where did lost. I go? Yeah. Sometimes I don't know where I'm going. I know where I've been, and then sometimes I even forget that. So and sometimes it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I need to forget where I've been. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and that's that's one thing Paul said. That's one thing Paul said in, in uh, Philippians 3. I think this will somewhat tie in to what we're talking about. Paul was talking in, in Philippians 3 about how he had all this confidence in the flesh. If anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, that is, in the things that I do and in the things that I am, it's me. I more so. I more than anybody else. And he lists all these things, circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, Concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Okay, so that's what where Paul might have reason to have confidence in his flesh. But, he says, what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. And he talks about how he's counted all these things as rubbish, that he may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. See, my own righteousness is from the law, but I want to have that righteousness which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. And he says some other things there, but Paul had to leave all his great, wonderful stuff behind, all the good things about him that he had formerly thought about as good and positive. He had to count those all loss and rubbish and dung so that he can have Christ and so that he can have a righteousness that isn't even his own righteousness. It's not even what I do. It's God's righteousness that's by faith. So we have this, and we were talking last week about how we have this new righteousness, this new thing in Christ that's not from the law, and yet the church, we want to get people under that law, trying to keep people to live by the law, but there's a new and living way. There's a new and better way in Christ. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of that this week. Yeah, A better way. You know, Paul talking about rubbish there, I think it's safe to say that Paul was trash-talking some of the legalists out there. He used the word rubbish. Well, um, I have to remember that. But seriously, it's okay to things, trash you talk. Hear, <laughs> things you don't hear in church, 
but probably should. Now, if you haven't caught the last two weeks, I strongly recommend you go back and then catch up to us, the last two programs, because we laid a foundation here and we kind of left off with the question last week, well, if the law is no longer in effect, if those commandments are no longer in place, how do we live? How will people know how to live if we don't have written rules and regulations? And, and you guys are just saying that you can go out and sin. It doesn't matter. And I've said it before. I'll have to say it again. We have never said that in about 17 years of doing podcasts. That's we right. haven't said that. <laughs> so stick with us here. But I understand why the legalistic mindset wants to go that way. They think that you you, you have to have this outline, a written outline of what it means to, to be a Christian and, and to live in this way. So, look, the law didn't work before the word Christian was ever uttered from somebody's mouth. And that law was in place for those many years for the Jewish people under the first covenant. It just didn't work. It was never meant to work when it came to inheriting righteousness from God. Now, the Jews were pursuing right standing with God. They were after righteousness. They were pursuing it. They were chasing after it, but they could not attain it. And then we Gentiles, after the resurrection of Jesus, after the cross and resurrection, we Gentiles attained it. How? Not through works, not through law keeping, not through trying our best to keep commandments. It came by faith in what Jesus did on our behalf. Joel, I, I just think that ministers today, the job of the preacher or the pastor is to help people begin to understand who they are in Jesus Christ. How are they identified as a believer in Christ already without doing anything to achieve it? You see, because the mindset throughout most most of churchdom, <laughs> new word, <laughs> uh, most people are thinking that we are working at trying to become something that we think we haven't achieved yet. We need to improve. We need to be better in order to get closer to becoming who God wants us to be. Instead of understanding the gift of righteousness that has been handed down to us through Jesus, that we've been born with, that we've inherited, and it's already who we are in him. We've attained his righteousness. We've attained his holiness. We've attained perfection, not by anything that we have done. This is who we are as a, a righteous child of God, uh, and it has nothing to do with what you do or what you don't do. And, and I just think that the ministry out there, the people who are in the ministry, should be teaching this to others. Instead of telling people, you need to work at trying to become something you're not, or you're just a sinner saved by grace, or all these different little tidbit things that get thrown around out there that aren't accurate. If the believers in Christ begin to learn who they already are as a child of God, that they can begin to live from that, and the Spirit of God, not a list of written rules and commandments, but the Spirit, the living Spirit of God who abides in us, will be able to more effectively lead, teach, and guide us, and allow us not to try to produce our own fruit, but to bear his fruit. And that occurs, Galatians chapter 5, that occurs apart from the law. Yes. 
And as you said, by the Spirit. You see, this was hard for me to understand years ago. And I can understand how, you know, as a, as a legalist, and I can understand how it's hard for people to understand because people, I guess, I don't know if the word naturally, but think that the law is meant to be a guideline for people. God gave the law as a guideline for believers, a, a way to live. And if we take that away, which is what we're talking about, how it's been taken away and replaced with something else, but they're afraid that if the law is taken away, it's going to lead people to sin. Or, as you were saying, they're going to accuse us of teaching people to just go out and sin and, and live however they want. No consequences, no worries. But, of course, that's not what we're saying. But the contrast between living by the law, we're contrasting that with living by the Spirit, and that, that's the thing. Do you, as a minister, as a preacher, as a teacher, as, as someone who is helping others to understand this Christian life, life as a believer, do you trust the Holy Spirit in other people, or do you have to trust something that didn't work? Like what you were saying, Cap, the law didn't work. It wasn't there to help people to live right. It couldn't do that. It was weak through the flesh, as Romans 8, 3 says, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. See, the law is good, just, and holy. We, we, we are not putting down the law. It is good, just, and holy. But it didn't work as far as making a person righteous and as far as helping a person to live righteously. It doesn't help. It only bears fruit to death. Again, I've brought this up a few times, but in Romans 7, for Paul says, therefore, my brethren, you have also become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead. So they had to die to the law in order to be married to Christ, that we should bear fruit to God. So the ministry under the law, he says in this same passage, was death, increased sin, a revival of sin. That's what came through the law. But by dying to the law and being married to Christ, that is how we bear fruit to God. It's so very simple. And like you say, it's by the Holy Spirit. And so again, my question is, if we are teaching people using the law as a guideline when the law never worked in the first place, do you not trust the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I trust the Holy Spirit to lead me because I'm uppity up and I'm so good at all this stuff, but I don't trust the Holy Spirit in other people. It's essentially what people are, <laughs> are saying. But um, Peter had said in Acts 15, when the issue of the law came up, now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? He's talking about the law. They're talking about whether the Gentiles should be put under the law. Why, why do you test God by putting a yoke around the neck of people? The law was not meant for us in Christ. We have a new and better way. And as you say, Cap, when we become grounded in our identity, this is why we do this, is one, another reason why we do this podcast, to help people to know their identity in Christ. Because as you grow in your identity, in what God has done for you, in the new creation that he has made you to be, and how he has made you a partaker in the divine nature. See, that's something they didn't have under the law. They hadn't become partakers of the divine nature, and they hadn't become new creations. They hadn't received new resurrected life, and that's what we have in Christ. But when we resort to laws and commandments and rules, we are denying, 
essentially that life that God has freely given us. And so we're trying to encourage people to live by the life of Christ in us, by the Holy Spirit, rather than all these rules and regulations that didn't work. Didn't work. And it goes back to the garden long before the law, when man was first placed on the planet, trying to do something to make himself better, to make himself more like God. It's just not where where God wants mankind to go. It it never has been. It was never about that. And and so if we're going to try to place ourselves under, uh, as you you pointed out with what Peter said, it was just a yoke of bondage. It was hanging around the, the neck of their forefathers. None of them could ever live up to it. How can we expect anyone else to do it? I would imagine in some churches, maybe they hand out Ten Commandments necklaces, <laughs> and you have people walking around the church bent over at like a 90-degree angle because they're so heavy and burdensome. <laughs> yeah, really. Just, yeah. If that ministry were still ineffectual, then uh, the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus is not a legitimate high priest. He is not the permanent high priest that we think he is because he didn't come from the tribe that the law appoints for priests. Uh, he came from a different one because this would be a whole different covenant as the as the old one came to an end uh, and was nullified and abolished and put aside. Then Jesus became the high priest of a, a better way. He became the guarantee of a better covenant. Um, it's just it's just better. It's just better to live this way. And and so we we hope that some of this has has helped you to realize that we live from who we are. Uh, not who we're trying to become. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace.